0: Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Jason Klepa. With me is Gabe Yanez with some very exciting news. Gabe was featured.
1: <laughs> Jason Jason is still on ESPN voice. It's so funny. It's the best. Your intros <laughs> now are the best. We got we to start featured.
0: off with the music. <says> Da-da-da-da. 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 Gabe was featured, reposted, highlighted by CrossFit and CrossFit affiliates from one of his threads, but not only just in English. Also in Portuguese. So uh, I thought it's a great way to start the conversation because uh you know Gabe Gabe's been on the thread game and uh obviously it struck a nerve with CrossFit and they reposted it. And uh, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, Gabe might be uh Gabe's pretty famous right now. I mean, if you're in Portuguese. I don't know if I've had anything uh reposted in Portuguese, so we should probably start there in the podcast.
1: I think I gained a whopping like 20 followers yesterday, so it's a pretty big deal.
0: On Threads or on Instagram? <laughs> on, on,
1: on Instagram. Um, oh. No, but man, it, it was funny. It was, my little sister sent me a screenshot first, um, and you know, it's I honestly it's not a big deal. But like,
0: uh, it's cool.
1: It's, it's cool, you know. And I and what I wanted to talk about. So it was funny because a bunch of people started sending me like pictures of it and like tagging me in it, and like I would never expect it. Like I'm still posting on threads, which by the way, follow me on threads at at Gabe Giannis, Um, because it's been such a cool platform. Like, you know this, Jay, like I really enjoy Mm -hmm. writing. Um, It's something that I've like, A, I think gotten pretty good at over the past like couple of years and just enjoy it. Like, I think that, you know, there's something really cool um, behind just like, written word and also being able to be like super impactful with everything that you say and threads to me has been like a cool way of like you know in very short format like to try and get a point across try to be punchy and it's cool because like I feel like on Instagram there's a lot of work that goes into like making a video and making a caption and like what's the idea and you know this right like it's definitely not easy and I think that threads has been like a really cool way because I have plenty of other stuff going on that should be more of a focus for me than like social media and Instagram. But threads is a really cool thing where it's like, it's come up with a sentence, throw it out there. And what I suggested you do is post a bunch of threads, see what strikes a nerve, and then use that to create your other content. For me, it's at a much lesser scale, but it's been cool to just like throw stuff out there and see what you know people seem to find interest in. Um, and the cool thing was this thing that I put up while I was watching the CrossFit Games seem to strike a nerve and I'll, I'll I'll read it because I I do think it's an important message. And then I think that getting into what I said is worthy of a conversation, especially once people come back from the games and they're all like super excited and, you know, they're already thinking about the open and what they're going to do next year. All I said was that like, now that CrossFit games are over, here's a reminder that 99% of athletes doing CrossFit don't need more volume, don't need RX plus loading or a competitor's program what you need to do is take class consistently, adjust workouts accordingly. So you hit the stimulus, prioritize quality sleep and nutrition and listen to your coach. Like, and and the crazy thing is, cause I was thinking about this a lot yesterday, like, duh, there's nothing groundbreaking about it. But yeah. there's so many people that I feel like, And and here's the thing that I really wanna make super clear. Like me back in like 2017 needed to hear this advice but also like me, I would have read this and been like, that doesn't apply to me. You know, like- yeah, Or omni- you would have been like,
0: oh yeah, oh yeah, it makes sense, makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't apply to me or like doesn't resonate. It's like um, a reminder that 99% of athletes doing CrossFit don't need more volume RX or whatever, be like, oh yeah, like- it, it, it's just your vantage point on it. Right. Like you're, you're looking at it like, dude, I don't have a competitor's program. I have my program. Like, this is the program I'm following. Like, I'm not trying to do RX plus I'm just trying to give myself a better stimulus. I need that 135 barbell instead of 95 pounds. It's just like your, your viewpoint is different, you know, like, but, but watching the games definitely fires some people up, which is a good thing oh, for sure. But they need to go find a coach if they haven't, you know, I, I get questions sometimes, about, Oh, I want to go to the cast and say, Oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, Like how much are you training? Do you have a coach? All that kind of stuff. Because especially nowadays, man, the level of skill that's required at the CrossFit Games is continuing to elevate. And if you don't have someone there to help coach you up on your Oli lifts, your gymnastics, all that stuff, it's gonna be very difficult to be competitive.
1: Yeah, and like skills aside, like just building the baseline fitness level really requires, I think one of the things that is most missed from what I wrote was the adjusting workouts accordingly to hit the stimulus Because there's almost like, I feel like people equate the percentage of workouts that I can do, quote unquote, RX or as written, is like an indicator of how close you are to getting to the level of being competitive, right? Like they think that like, well, competitive athletes, they would never adjust anything in their workouts, right? They wouldn't scale. So if I'm scaling half of my workouts, I'm so far away from being there. Whereas if I'm scaling none, but I'm blowing the stimulus on everyone, they think they're a little bit closer where the complete opposite is true. If you're hitting the stimulus 90 to 100% of the time in a real good quality thought out program, that's how you're going to progress in like a really meaningful way. Because there are some days where it should be an RP9. And if you go too heavy, that's going to be more of an RP7 or 6 because you're staring at the barbell for two, three minutes. And you know the examples go on and on and on. But I think that that's the piece that's missed the most. Like, yes, you can do a program that's a little more volume. Yes, I think there's some value to having accessory work. So you're doing class, but also getting better at your handstand push-ups and getting better at your muscle-up transitions, all things that, to your point, you need to work on in this sport that requires so many skills. But at the end of the day, if Fran comes up in the program and you don't have the wherewithal to, like, say hey, I'm going to do this at 75 pounds today because that's going to give me that feeling of like four or five minutes that I'm supposed to when I do Fran, you're kind of missing the boat.
0: Yeah, a good example of that is Helena. So we were having this debate. Is it Helena or Helena? doesn't matter. <laughs> we, w- we went with Helena. So Helena was um, on, it was on Friday night. And so Helen is a traditional benchmark crossfit workout. It's a 400 meter run. 21 um, kettlebell swings and 12 pull-ups. I might've butchered that. It might be 12 and 21. Um, Either way, it's three rounds and it's a sprint workout. So the stimulus you're trying to get is that. And what I found to be interesting is that when Boz programmed it, he kept that same stimulus. So like, you know, talking about this and like validating your point is that his goal was to maintain that same stimulus for these elite athletes. And so what I found to be kind of cool, he did not increase the dumbbell weight. The dumbbell weight was a 50-pound dumbbell for those guys. 21 is irrelevant. It's it's just an irrelevant part of the uh, event. So if have a 400-meter run, you have 21, or you had uh, 12 bar muscle ups, and then 21 uh, ground overhead. And what I found to be interesting is that yes, the bar muscle ups were significantly harder than a than a pull up. I get that, but not for these guys. They're still going unbroken on those. But they yeah. could have increased the load to 75 pounds on the snatch. But it would have slowed him down. It wouldn't have given him the same, like, like, like a, like Helen feeling. Right. And so what you ended up seeing is people had to bust their ass on the run. I mean, fast, dude. Like they were probably running, I don't even know, like 110, 400s, one, like something like that. Because it, it was literally a foot race because once you got on the bar muscle ups, everybody went unbroken. Once you got on the dumbbell, everybody went unbroken. So it became this foot race that was super exciting. And so you talk about stimulus and it's like, it also relates to these guys, you know, Boz and Dave, they're paying attention to what these athletes can do because they want certain stimuluses to be hit too. And, um, you know, like the loading on the final workouts or whatever it is, like, it's not always cool to go so heavy that people are just sitting around. That's not, that's not the goal of all these tests or events. And that's not the goal in the gym either.
1: Let me ask you another CrossFit Games related uh, question since you are there. On social, there was like a little bit of back and forth and controversy behind the distance of the 5K. What's <laughs> w- what's the deal? What's the deal? Be- so to give people a little bit of background, if you weren't following this really closely. World
0: record times so, were set.
1: Right. So one of the events at the CrossFit Games this weekend was a 5K. And Hinshaw, so Chris Hinshaw, a good friend of, of us, was on the broadcast. And he mentioned, not that he personally measured the distance, but he mentioned that, the games people, the event organizers, like measured the course three times with a wheel. And it was like, it was measured to the T. But then it came out like a couple of the athletes that ran the 5K posted their like Strava, like app distances. And a couple of them showed 4.5K. And then you combine that with the fact that these guys, which you mentioned this, I think the other day, the average weight of the games athlete this year was 200 pounds. So these are big boys.
0: Sub we're 17. running
1: like insane 5K times. So is the consensus kind of that it was a short course?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean that's okay. the consensus. I mean, I mean, dude, the reality is you had uh, Jeffrey Adler, uh, come in at sub 17 and also put 365 pounds over his head that same day. So or or give or take. So I mean, obviously there was some super impressive feats of strength conditioning for sure. So here's for sure. here's the reason why I think it was short. This is this is what I think. This is what I heard Th- There's no denying the fact that you had multiple strava like and and data from Garmin saying four point five k instead of five k like it's it's just it's undeniable because you had multiple athletes who said that, and when you watched the race they they didn't look at like their clipping at like a sub six minute pace it didn't it didn't look that way. um that being said, I think what happened is that they measured it they measured it from the From the furthest point out. So I think they measured it from the most outskirt position. Like, let's just say you had a, you had a a road, like, you know, left to right is, let's just say it was like a 15 foot difference. They measured it from the furthest out the entire time. And when you redo that for three laps, I think what occurred is any athlete would go to the inside of the course naturally. Right. I would and that is ultimately what cut off the so i do think the course of the 5k from the furthest points on it but no athlete was ever going to run on the furthest points it makes no sense you're going to want to cut those lines as much as you can so that's what i think happened
1: man it's so funny to follow the like
0: <laughs> the, 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 and the yeah.
1: yeah like just all the like buzz and drama not 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 even drama so much but like um the the little things here and there that people like to point out for the games. Cause man, I mean, organizing an event like that is like, I can't fathom the moving pieces that go into putting something like
0: that together. And I'm are not making caught in the weeds. They really for sure? Gabe. For there's sure. There's a thousand people, bro. Like, dude, I was on the backstage of all this stuff. There was a thousand people between volunteers and staff that were put together to, to make the CrossFit games happen. And like, people like, I don't know, man, like, look, they, they can have their opinions and they can say what they want online, but they really have no visibility. I have to remind myself, like their perspective is totally different. They have zero visibility in how many people bust their ass to make this an amazing event. And they're, you know, they're armchair quarterbacking or uh, what do they call it? That's armchair quarterback, right? Yeah. Like it just look, but I, I get it. Like people could reserve their own opinions, but they have no idea how much work goes into this. And, um, obviously they could have their opinions. I just think that, you know, like even like the coverage I thought getting announced on ESPN was like one of the biggest things to happen in CrossFit for years. And yet if you look at like the, the, the chatter, it was all about the age group and masters that didn't get the coverage that people wanted, which I agree that coverage needs to improve in the future. Like there's no question, but to not, but to not realize that it's such a big deal for it to be back on ESPN in front of millions of people, I just think it was a miss. So that's an example.
1: Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, right? Because like, sometimes on the face of it, like you get it, like, if you want to professionalize this sport, like we have to be better about like, you know, these things being accurate, so on and so forth. But then it's kind of like what comes first chicken or the egg, right? Like, do you have to get every single detail right and be perfect? Or should you be focusing on things like, espn deals and stuff to get more eyeballs on the sport so that more money comes into the sport so that more people go to affiliates so that crossfit in general grows the ecosystem grows you can pay athletes more and then the sport grows um i know that that's a little bit more indirect but i feel like sometimes people miss that and don't celebrate the progress that's happening over here and get super caught up in like the yeah. 5k was
0: not 4.5k or just being outraged to be outraged. Like, for example, like, does it really affect you that it was a four point five k? Like it was a five k on the outer skirts. And like, yeah, I guess their argument would be it's misrepresentation of these people's performance. Mm. I, I, okay, like that's fine. doesn't really affect you. Um, but you know, one of the things I thought was really alarming was how like upset people got about the lack of coverage for age group and adaptive. However, when there was an opportunity to see it, which I was uh, the main announcer for Thursday night, like were they even viewing it? Like we Dude. spent, we we worked our ass off to provide the best product for a finals event for Adaptive and Masters. And I would venture to say that 80% of the people that got outraged about the coverage didn't even watch that. And it was, it was amazing, you know? So it's like, people just wanna get mad to get mad. And I would encourage them to kind of like take a deep breath because it's not as simple as just like covering everything all the time. There's millions of dollars that are being spent on broadcasting and, you know, CrossFit has to kind of figure out where they want to go with that. And I think next year will be, will be different than this year for sure. I don't And think I think there's
1: always, and I think there's, are, there's also this like pylon that happens in every aspect of society. now, for sure. Unfortunately, where it's just one person that was probably tuning in on Thursday or Wednesday to watch adaptive and was upset and posted something. And then people that probably weren't even looking to watch or whatever, have to add on and be like, oh yeah, that is ridiculous, whatever. Next thing you know, it looks like a thread of like 30, 40 people outraged. but really it's just that people feel like they have to pile on, which is super strange. And unfortunately happens in many other areas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Did- I, I do think if you haven't gone back and checked out that, that coverage, that was, that was, that, those were cool events to commentate on for sure on that Thursday, the, the age group and adaptive. Like I said, I think next year, you're going to see some changes across the CrossFit games. I think you're going to see different sponsors as, as title sponsors. I think. I think you're going to see a, obviously a different venue. And I think you're going to see a different structure. That's my, my hot take on that.
1: Do you know what the new venue is? Obviously you you can't share if you can't share. No. Maybe, I, af- maybe after we record, you can tell me. But do you I know? don't
0: know. I, I, I officially don't know, but the rumblings, are uh colorado or texas that's the rumblings
1: but I, I heard dave i heard dave say that in an interview after the game so i know that that's been out there texas okay. would be cool dude everything
0: happens in texas yeah, yeah it's gonna be hotter than hell so i don't know man we'll see but i i do think it's going to be consolidated down i think what you're going to see is you're going to see um mainly just individuals there I, but that's not confirmed that's just my my yeah my thought. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, if you're stretching the
1: organization and the team that has to put this event so thin, it's almost a disservice to some of the other categories that would be maybe missing out on experience of the games. And maybe what happens is that they have their own in-person events that someone else runs and runs well. And it just doesn't have to be all part of this like hallmark event so that it could be run better for, you know, the the pros, even though that means it doesn't have to be something for everyone.
0: Yeah, I mean, think about any other sport, man. You know, we've talked about this a little bit, but it's like imagine, you know, Daytona Five Hundred or the Tour de France or any of these. Imagine if they had different divisions. Uh, regardless, it just wouldn't get the same time and attention because the, the the focus is on the elite of the Tour de France. If there was an a you know a age group division or a, a a team division, it just it just wouldn't get the same uh, you know focus. And I think what you're seeing at the CrossFit Games is that you know, I, I, think, I think it's trying to it's trying to make sure that it's in inclusive to these different groups. And I think that they do resemble what CrossFit is about. But I think if you're going to call them like the fittest on earth games, like we're highlighting the fittest on earth and most people most of the time are watching the individuals. And so I, my recommendation would be to really lean into the individuals for this event and then give the adaptive, the age group and possibly even the teams a completely different event where you could really storytell and be about them. Because what happens is, dude, you're storytelling and you're about the individuals. That's what gets most press. Right. And it's almost clouding all these other amazing accomplishments from other people. Like I witnessed people do some amazing stuff this week that, that didn't get the same press or got, you know, pushed down because it's overshadowed. So imagine like, um, for example, if you set up a different group every quarter, so you had like age group, one quarter adaptive, one quarter, uh, team one quarter and then individual one quarter. These are just concepts and every quarter can be a focus on storytelling, um, messaging so that people can feel bought in and and inspired by the stories. And they want to tune in on that. And I I just think it's too much storytelling to do around hundreds of athletes around the same week. So I, I think it needs to be dispersed out is, is my, would be my opinion. And I think it would save a lot of, you know, money and all that kind of stuff, it it would be resources to be better suited is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I'm going to read you this headline that I actually saw this morning that I'm pretty sure you haven't seen. And I'm curious your, your knee-jerk reaction. Did you know that a a man was arrested after allegedly taking (laughs) cell phone video in bathroom at CrossFit games?
0: Do you see this? Yeah, I saw, I saw Hiller put that up. Um, I have you, have you like read it at all? No, I didn't read it. Uh, Did dude. someone really? Wait, yeah. so what happened? No, there was a is lot legit. of bathrooms. I didn't see dude. anybody with a camera in the bathroom as I was in.
1: Dude. Yeah. I mean, so he was. What does it, the article so say? Someone complained and the man was confronted by a detective and he had videos on his phone of like recording other men in the bathroom.
0: No. Doing what? Like peeing in a urinal? Yeah, dude.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's being charged with a felony. And he he tried saying that his he doesn't realize, but his phone records unintentionally sometimes, and he had taken his phone out of his bag to use the restroom to text a friend.
0: Yeah, that, that's just really odd, you know. I Very mean, odd,
1: man. Very odd. But I think I I, I think on a serious note, though because I know that like Hiller posted it and it's like kind of funny and kind of ridiculous. And he was kind of taking this angle of like, Oh, CrossFit mainstream, because it made mainstream news that this happened. Right. But I, I mean, you know, going back to a lot of things that we've been talking, you know, with the episode that came out last week with Matt Bedro and, and a lot of what we want to talk about on the podcast here is like, dude, there's some weird people out there. There's some like dangerous people out there, you know, all jokes aside, you know, they're like, you would never, think or imagine that a place like the crossfit games because i think that also you know we always operate under this fallacy that like the events that we go to are safe right Right. like yeah because it's the crossfit games like community like gym like there are no weird people there like these are all like awesome like gym owners crossfit people like maybe you can keep your guard down and there isn't anyone out there that's like you know doing some really shady shitty stuff and i think that to me this was like a really good reminder of You know, a lot of things that you were talking about when you went to Europe and just like, you know, having situational awareness and like being aware and not, not being paranoid, but just being aware that like, this is an issue. And there are people that are doing all sorts of weird shit. And like, especially if you have kids and you're, you know, going to these events with kids, like you never fucking know who the hell's in the bathroom. I
0: just, uh, so I agree with you. I just don't understand like the premise here. Like, what, like, wh- why are you, I mean, I mean, but I guess that's why I'm not a dirtbag. Like, I just don't get it. Like, why would you, what, what are you, what are you getting from that? You know, like, cause even if you try to take a video of some dude peeing in a urinal, like you can't like, unless you like go up and over them, like, it's just like, it's just so odd, but for him to be arrested, they must've had some good evidence on like him doing something like really inappropriate. Right. Like, I, yes, and they charging up no, the that- felony.
1: Yes. The articles, the art, we don't have to go through it here, but yeah, the article says that like the detectives found like illicit videos of other men in the bathroom.
0: Yeah. See that type of stuff, dude, especially when you have kids, like there's just, there's just a, uh, there's just no room. Like there's just, I, I just, it's just so unacceptable and disgusting. And, um, but you're right. You're right. You never know where you're at. I mean, that's why I, I think you put my like a uh, yesterday, um, mm-hmm. you know, I've been, I train with the kids and I train with the kids hard. Um, sometimes I even almost feel bad of how hard I train with them, but not, not bad. I shouldn't say that, but I feel I train with the kids hard and I train with them hard because if there was ever a situation in real life where someone was coming to them or doing something bad to them, they would not be soft. I'm doing them no favors by being soft with them when we're working self-defense there, there's I'm, I'm doing no benefit to them. And, you know, there's going to be some scumbag on the street and he needs to know that there's going to be action taken against him and it's going to be violent. It's going to be immediate. And I just think that when you act through that lens, like sheepdog response is a great job teaching this, it just instantly takes that person, lets them know, like, hey, man, I'm not the right, I'm not the right person in attack. This, I am not gonna be the victim in this situation. I'm not even gonna give you a second, you know? And um yeah, speaking of that same thing, you know, you just never know, man. That it's hard to believe that happened at the CrossFit games. And and that's the thing. That's the thing
1: that was, and the reason I kind of wanted to bring it up, because I feel like to anyone listening that's a part of the CrossFit community, that would be like the last place that you would maybe expect something like that to happen because we do and i feel like this is again a fallacy that a lot of people have where like you think that like it'll never happen to you it'll never happen to the places you go it'll never happen in your neighborhood like you live in a good neighborhood and again like this isn't to like stir up paranoia in people but i think that it's just to like face the reality that this is a reality and it's not like segmented to like places where you don't go or you don't live um I had a question about the stuff you do with Ava and Caden, though. How do you how do you approach it so that it, like you said, isn't soft and is as realistic as possible without two things? One, obviously, like any sort of like injury being a concern. And two, like also not not making it something that they begin to not enjoy or become discouraged
0: by. It's a good question. You know, in regards to like injury. You know, because I've been rolling jujitsu and doing combatives now for like seven years, I have a much better understanding of where potential issues can be. So if you're, if you don't have that experience, I wouldn't recommend, you know, it's like, it's just like CrossFit, right? Mechanics, consistency, intensity with the kids. I've been working mechanics for years then we worked with consistency. Now we're starting to add more intensity in specific areas, but not all areas, right? Like if we're learning a new technique, like an arm bar or something, we're not going to go intensely, but if we're working, you know, grip breaking, pushing off stuff like that, we're going to go intense because that's the type of violence that we need to see come back at them. So I'd say that that's, that's the charter that I've used. And I think it's been helpful for me. And then in regards to, um, you said, how do you keep them from not getting hurt? And you asked another thing. Um, and
1: not like, not be, not get discouraged oh, or that dude, be some something that they don't want to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, dude, that's something I think about all the time. I think the way that I think about it, especially with with our kids is I think, okay, we need to like segment this, this moment in time and say this moment in time, we are training. We're training for life and we, we want to keep training fun. We want to have fun. We want to be exciting. We want to go play group sports. We want to go do all the things you love. But this is like a very small moment in time, once or twice a week, that we're going to ramp it up. And it's it's not a choice. It's This is a prerequisite for life. Um, and it's not going to necessarily be fun, but it's a tool that you need to learn. And I think that when we we set it up with the kids, like I'll even say like, guys, I really appreciate you guys taking that on today, because I know that was tough. I know that was hard. Um, but it's because I love you and I care about you that we do these things. Like This is why we do this. And I think they know that it comes from a place of care and love and it comes from a place where like, you know, I, I think I wrote in the thing, like, like if anybody's going to be tough on them, it, it's going to be me and not some asshole on the street, right? It's going to be me. I'm going to bring, I'm going to be the one bringing the aggression so that they can learn how to adapt to it. And it won't be their first time if they ever get caught in the street. And the way we do it is we just like set the mindset that, Hey, the mindset is, the mindset's going to be hard. And the mindset's going to be that dad's trying to make us better. And then once we're done, it's back to kumbaya and hugging it out. And I, I don't know, it's working for us, like, but it's not perfect, right? And doing intervals and having them both involved, I think is a good way to, to do it as well. Um, yeah. I think for me, Gabe, it's, it's explaining to the kids the why. The why is life is hard. There's assholes in this world. I want to do everything in my power to set you up for success. And that's like, my job as a, as a dad, like, what more can I do for them than that? You know, obviously provide for them in a variety of ways, but like, I would, I would never be able to live with myself if something happened to one of the kids. And I felt like, had I trained them more, had I, had I incorporated these skills more, had I exposed them more that it wouldn't have happened that way. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's the really like the heart of it.
1: Yeah, that's powerful, man. I, I I love that you take pride in that stuff. And and Hidden and Ava are super lucky to have that preparedness, especially nowadays. You know, it's crazy to think about because I mean I'm 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 not that old, <laughs> obviously. Um, you know, I'm 32. And when I so I went to high school in Manhattan, but I lived in Queens. And for anyone that knows New York City, the five boroughs, like that's not necessarily super close. And the high school I went to actually started as junior high. And I was taking the New York City subway from home in Queens to school on the Upper East Side of Manhattan every day by myself, starting in seventh grade. And to think about that now, it's crazy to think about. It. Like, I, I I had a cell phone at that age, but like, and and my mom had a cell phone, so I could have called her at any point. But it's so different now. Like now, you can like you know you can have like find my friend on your phone and see where your kids are at all times. You know, you, there's there's all these different things that learn a thing in the past, but it's crazy to think that like not that long ago, like that was perfectly okay. Like my mom wasn't careless and she obviously felt very comfortable doing that. I felt super comfortable commuting on the New York City subway, you know, what was, it's probably like an hour 15 door to door every single day by myself as a seventh grader. And now it's just different. And I wonder how much of that is, because obviously things have changed for sure in terms of like what's out there, but I also how much is just the perception has changed of how actually dangerous it is out there for
0: kids. Yeah. I think there's more technology. There's more information. It goes by fast, but yeah, you're right. I think it's just, I mean, dude, back in the day, man, I used to just, I didn't have a phone. I didn't have any of that stuff. You just came home and the streetlights turned on and I'd ride my bike super far and it was just never a thing. But now I just feel like I don't know. I feel like it's different, you know, and, and, uh, well, I mean, you went and saw that movie sound of freedom. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure that probably put a little bit of a different taste in your, in your perspective. Right. Like I, <laughs> I haven't seen it. So I, I, I don't know if I want to, I, I do want to see it because I don't want to be, you know, naive to it, but, um, Yeah, it just changes your perspective. And I think that that's what's happening because online is you have more awareness, especially if you're in the circle, like of the Tim Kennedys and and those kind of guys, they're bringing to light a lot of these situations. And you, you think about as a parent, like, damn, dude, like, I don't want to put my kids at risk like that, but maybe back in the day, it wasn't as prevalent and, or you just didn't hear about it as much.
1: Yeah. It's interesting to think about like how much it is of each though, you
0: know? Yeah. Was it, was it relevant back then? It just wasn't like a thing. I don't know. And then also like you're, you're a, um, you're a byproduct of your environment. So Like, let's just say you're surrounded by, you know, your 10 closest friends go to school and you're all the adults are talking about whatever. And then you're like, oh yeah, you know, I let my kid go take the bus from, you know, Queens to whatever. And they're like, what? And, but now if you're in an environment where everybody does that, then it just seems normal. You know, like I imagine some small towns in California or United States, people do do that kind of stuff, but around here, they don't. It's just, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it, it, it normalizes it because everybody else around you is like, wait, what? You're you're not having your kid take the bus? Like it's crazy, you know?
1: Yeah. it, it But it is, and especially now that we have a kid, like it's crazy to think about because again, it's just, it, it's not that long ago. You know, it's like 20 years ago. It's not really yeah. that long.
0: And yeah, you wonder what's going to happen different. 20 years from now, right? Dude, and I was, <laughs> well, I, I do think jujitsu is becoming more prevalent with um the youth. Uh, that's that's my take. I mean, Walker's Matt is like big on it too. He's seen a lot of that momentum happening. I think that it's becoming like the new karate. And so I think that uh, all they need is some badass movie to come out like um Karate Kid but only for jujitsu jitsu and it will spike a whole new growth of the sport.
1: Yeah, definitely important to have that skill set and also like the confidence that comes with it, you know? I think that that's the biggest piece. And that could be BJJ, but it can also be fitness. It could be playing team sports. Like a lot of, at least what I've read and what's been out there is, you know, unfortunately these people prey on kids that are vulnerable and look vulnerable, right? Like the difference between a kid head down slung shoulders, checking out his phone all the time. And a kid head up straight, like shoulders back, like posture everything all this stuff matters you know goes back yeah, to this idea of too. like fucking like looking the part like you got to look the part no one's going to mess with you if you look at it like a guy that
0: you shouldn't mess with period dude it's it, it it goes with adults too like yesterday we were doing um our police our, our law enforcement military mm-hmm. first responder class and there's this one giant dude right like six foot four probably 280 pounds i'd say like pretty pretty muscular you know and he's back squatting. And I could tell just watching him was like, dude, this guy played football. I could just tell because he has like that head up kind of like that, you know, kind of like that old school lineman, you know, back squat. I walk up to him. I was like, Hey man, you, you played football, right? He's like, yeah. And you, I don't know if he played in the pros or college or what it was, but this guy, imagine seeing this guy on the street, he's got his weapons on him, his vest on 280 pounds, six foot five, just jacked. You think anybody's going to no, know, dude, like they're not going to mess with him. Like, it's just that, that physical, uh, it's like, um, it's almost like you're, you're walking up and you're seeing like one of those like red and black and yellow snakes, whatever. You just know not to touch it. It's the same thing, dude. You're when walking around, you see some giant ass dude jacked. That's not the person that people are going to go out and try and attack. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not going to happen. It's not, they're not as, you know, their physical looks definitely command a, a, a specific type of appreciation. You know what I mean?
1: Especially. For sure. But but beyond that, there's so much that goes into just how you carry yourself. Because I'm never going to be that guy. Like, regardless. Like I'm five six. The biggest I'll ever probably get is like 190. Like if everything goes according to plan.
0: But but you some like boots that you wear to so put you up two <laughs> inches.
1: But but honestly, though, there's a way to carry yourself as a guy that's five six that looks very different than possibly someone that's even taller. But, you know, again, like is hunched over, like looking down, like huge difference. Huge yeah, Josh difference Bridges. To,
0: Imagine if you see Josh Bridges. Oh, dude, 100%. Right? I think me yeah. and
1: Josh are the same size. Not he might be a little short, shorter.
0: Yeah, you see that guy, right? He's not that tall, but just the way, like, yeah, you like you said, I mean, he's got big arms. He's pretty jacked. You're not going to mess with him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> the, 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 the weight that goes into looking the part, I think, is underestimated in many respects for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I, I don't know if that it doesn't necessarily directly correlate one for one, I think with like the youth, but it definitely plays in from a confidence perspective and the way that you, you present yourself. Right. So like you might not be some jacked, you know, whatever, you know, 12 year old girl, but you could, you could exude confidence and, and awareness, which is just another factor that will make you not as easy of a threat. That's it. You know, for sure, so, man. Yeah. I mean, we were at, we were in Lake Tahoe. I was doing this event and, um, we were putting through like hundreds of people through, uh, workouts with adults and kids. And it was cool to see afterwards, Henner Gracie did like a bullying class and really talking about like green zone, red zone, and, and basically like situational space, which I found to be really, um, it was was just a nice lesson. All these, basically all these people were like finance people and they brought their kids and they were able to expose them to jujitsu in a very like friendly inviting way which hopefully you know kind of catapulted them into expressing it more it was called bully proof the one that he did with the kids that's awesome man yeah um i i really want
1: to get to this yeti question of the day because i think it'll be a little bit of a longer answer and i think it's oh, a really really good question um hey yeti
0: here, here we go here we go boom dude, i'm wearing where's where's my yeti usa shirt got lost uh, dude, in the mail
1: you know Lo- lost I, I think in the mail we got to talk I, to our boy chad
0: is it a little over the top that I'm wearing a Yeti American shirt? I have a USA, uh, Team USA jersey behind me and I have an American flag from Santa Clara Police Department that I'm starting to add my coins to.
1: Absolutely. There's no such thing as over the top patriotism. Um, so the question is, what's a, what's a piece of advice you'd give me to train harder in the gym?
0: Yeah, so we got this message and I, I want to say, I had sent, I I got this message and my response to this person, and I want to obviously dive deeper, but my response to him was ask yourself why you're training in the first place and harness that and get after it. And that was it. Right. I mean, it was just super quick response. I was giving to this person. And so the question is, what's one advice you'd give me to train harder in the gym? I think what happens is like you get motivation, right? Like that's why Jocko talks a lot about discipline. Um, gives you freedom instead of like motivation because motivation comes and goes, right. It, it just, you're, you're fired up and then it goes away. And I've had this in many things in my life from like, dude, I mean, to be honest, like the cold plunge is something that I need, like, I need to like pump myself up for. And it's very difficult and I need more discipline for that. Whereas workouts and jitsu and all kinds of stuff is a little bit different today. I'm going to do hill sprints. I'm fired up for that. But the cold plunge for some reason, anyways, I said, ask yourself why you're training in the first place. I think what happens is, you know, we sent out a newsletter and this newsletter is called the never zero newsletter. And as part of it, when someone signs up, by the way, it's a brand new newsletter that we have, it's the never zero newsletter. If you haven't you set, check us. the you podcast up. show notes, it's, it's great. It's just going to be weekly content podcasts. We're listening to books. We're reading Imams We're doing all that, or I'm doing all that kind of stuff. And so I, I, I got, um, I got. We sent out this message. So, after someone signs up for this newsletter, basically, I send them back an email, being like, dude, what's your why? Why are you training? Blah, blah. And I've gotten back so many cool responses. A lot of them have to be with like, you know, family and, and being there for the kids and all the same stuff that we align with. But that's the stuff that helps you train harder is when you're in the garage, when you're in the gym, when shit's getting hard, it's just asking yourself, like, why am I even doing this in the first place? And if you can remind yourself of that before your training session even starts, That's, what's going to help you push further. And using an example, I was talking to Josh Bridges the other day and his motivation was not qualifying for the CrossFit games one day, one year, you know, he reminded himself of that every single training session and say, Hey, I didn't qualify this year. What was that feeling like? I never want that feeling again. So when I go into the gym, if I'm debating about doing another round or going faster, that's what I'm going to lean on because that's, what's going to help me get through this that same thing applies in our training. Only you got to find out your why. Like, why are you even doing it in the first place, bro? Like, like, why am I going after this, after we record, I'm immediately going with Mason and we're going to go hit hill sprints, hella hard hill sprints, not mediocre hill sprints, hella hard hill sprints. The reason why we're doing it, man, is because I want to be the, you know, I want to be that guy. And I enjoy that, 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 that I enjoy it. And it makes me better in all areas of my life. And you got to remind yourself of that before your training session. So, all right, I'll get off my, uh, got me a little excited. No, for sure, man. And I,
1: like the way I would answer that question a, a, a little different and just kind of what's resonated with me lately, becoming a new dad is like, what's the alternative, right? Like, what's your advice for training hard? Like the alternative is just like training soft. Like if you just or not ask yourself it, like, that, you are not, or not train... training at all. Like, yeah. To me, those are just such non-options that like the answer is just simple. Even if I'm not motivated, right? Even if today's like a day where I'm like, shit, like I didn't get great sleep, like, you know, like, or whatever. It's been a tough week, like whatever. Why am I going to go out there and train hard? Because the alternative is going out there and going through the motions or not training at all. And like, even if you just say that out loud, you're like, that's not who I want to be. Like, I don't want to be someone that, you know, checks off the box of like, well, I went to the gym and did a workout today, but I wasn't intentional and put some effort in, or I didn't train at all. Like that's also then if I'm that guy, that's the example I'm setting for my son. Now that's who I am as a husband. And it goes back to this idea that we talk about a lot of like, also like how you do anything is how you do everything. Like if I'm going to go to the gym. Like I'm going to get after it. If I'm trying to like be on this cut now and look a certain way, like, It requires my dedication. It requires a level of sacrifice to do it. And I'm going to do it because I committed to do it. And I think that the other piece to this does become what we've talked about a little bit in the past of like, also, if you recognize that you're a person that doesn't have this, and not that it's an issue, but like, doesn't have this, like, how do I go Go out there and train hard? Because you always train hard. Then what I would challenge you to do is figure out what's the area that is your how do you train hard and just do it there? Because I do think that for some of us, me included, you included now, like training hard isn't an area that really requires our discipline. We enjoy it. We love it. And that's awesome. But there's probably areas where we can tap into that same like level of discipline that you need because it's not something that we naturally enjoy and comes to us. Um, and I think that growing in the areas that require growth are equally as important and more powerful than continuing to like double down on the areas that like, you're already in the 99th percentile of. And that's something that I've done a lot of reflection on now as, as a dad, because fitness has always been a big part of my life and it's always going to be. And for me to say, Hey, me working out all the time is like me being super disciplined instead of like looking in the mirror and being like, Hey, what are other areas that I actually need to work on is just using an excuse to like, pat myself in the back that like, I got it all figured out where really, I don't, none of us do. Right. And I think it's just about being really self-critical about what are the areas that we need to work on and not consistently telling ourselves that like, well, you know, I work out all the time and I eat healthy. So I have everything else figured out because I fucking don't.
0: Yeah. And the train heart thing, like, you know, it goes into, especially like for me, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, but it's like, I really, really think about this, like all the time is like, dude, am I doing the best I can to be the best husband, father, business owner I could be? Like, am I, am I really doing those things? And, you know, when you're training hard in the gym, you got to translate it into other things in your life. You know, like I think about it with the kids, you know, am I, am I doing the best I can to set the, them up for success? That means, am I giving them the environment that they need a loving, caring, but also like you know, calling them out when they're not doing the right things, you know, like in, in, and guiding them in the right direction. Cause dude, you don't get any second takes on this, you know? So that's, that's training hard to me. That's, those are the things that I'm really focused on in in, in those variety of different areas. And yeah, you could talk about, okay, I'm trying to like work more mobility. I'm trying to get in whatever, but like, you know, that's just a fraction of of what the real life is about. You know, there's just so many other things. Like there's different areas of your life. You got to have different focuses in and then, but if you could win in the gym, it just helps boost up your confidence to win in other areas. That's what, that's what I see, right? Like if I win my workout that day, I feel like I'm crushing the rest of my day. It just gives me better energy, Better, better focus, and and it just makes me a better person. So, yeah, I mean that's why I'm fired up to go hit hill sprints after this, you know, because then I'm going to come home, I'm going to have energy. You know, I noticed this a lot in the hospital. So, I think what really sparked this for me is like when we spent months and months in the hospital. I'd go into the parking garage and I'd go hit a workout, and I would come back just like, just dude, like just exuding this stuff, and I would actually see that energy dispense other over to other people in the room. And uh, that same thing happens, but on a different scale here every single day. Yeah, man.
1: Yeah. And I think that the other thing that I think a lot about, and I've experienced this over the past, what would it be now? Like a year? Yeah. A year, maybe a little bit more than a year. Is that like more really breeds more? Like When you start focusing on one area of your life and really seeing progress, like you want to find the other things to work on and see progress. Like it just, it really does compound. Like for me, finding out that Ariel was pregnant and that we were going to, you know, have a kid and that I was going to be a dad, like really like shook me in ways where like the fitness health thing, like that stuff I've been working for a long time, but like also like, all right, what is like building financial stability, like really look like? Like what, what am I doing for retirement? Like, like things that I had never thought about before started becoming like real considerations. Also like my career, like how do I become a better marketer and part of this company? Because now there's going to be another expense coming. And I felt that the more that I like found these areas to focus on and really grow, the more motivated I was to find the next thing to grow because more breeds more. Like once you like start building momentum, you want to get better at other things. You're like, man, like what other book can I read about, you know, finances and what other thing can I do to be a better husband? And how can I look more jacked? And like, how can I eat healthier? Like you just, you start to like really like catch your, your, your momentum, but the same is true in the other direction. Like you let yourself go fitness wise. And then next thing you know, you're like, well, what's the point in eating super clean? And then you kind of stop doing that. And now you're not doing your nutrition. You're not working out super hard. So you're like, uh, like, do I really have to be super disciplined about my sleep? And now sleep takes a hit. And then you're like, not motivated at work. So like career kind of starts fluttering. And then like, you don't show up well as a husband. So like family, like it goes in the opposite direction, hundred percent. You start letting go of one area and the other things just start being like, well, what's the point? But the real powerful part is that it works beautifully in this direction. Like you start working on just your fitness, you're like, man, if I'm working this hard in the gym, I can't be messing it all up in the kitchen. Like I'm gonna eat a little healthier. If I'm eating this healthy and I'm working out this hard, I should probably be getting good sleep. Now, next thing you know, you're fucking energized. You feel great. You're a great husband. You're showing up great for your family. You're a great dad. Next thing you know, like you look back and in six months, you're like a completely different man than you were six months ago. And it all starts with like, one area to focus on fucking doubling down on that. And it just like goes from there.
0: Yeah. I think for a lot of people, the fitness is a great start. Like I got back a lot of emails for these, uh, never zero newsletter we sent out. And then people emailed me back. A lot of them said like, dude, I was, I was fat. I was out of shape. I was sloppy. I got fit. And then all of a sudden it carries over because dude, think about it. Like think about all the benefits. Like if you had to pick one area of your life, you said, okay, I'm going to really focus on it. Just this one area and which one's going to have um, additional benefits that permeate from it. Let's just say there's like one thing. Say, okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to work hella hard. I'm gonna get hella rich. Okay. All right, cool. You're gonna get hella rich. So now you have all this money. Where does that carry over? Okay. You can provide for your family better, but you show up better. Um, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to really focus on only my whatever name one thing. Right. But if you just focus on your fitness, and I'm not saying you should just completely disregard everything else. But if you really honed in, you said, I'm going to, for the next six months, I want to lose 20 pounds. And that's my focus. Work is still going to be there. Family's still going to be there, but I need to do this for myself. All of a sudden, six months later, dude, you're down 20, 30, 40 pounds. How many people do you know who their confidence boosts up, their mindset improves, they, they, they're actionable and able to, you know, be more present with their family because they actually have the energy to do so. Dude, like, it, yes, it's a delayed gratification because it's going to happen immediately. But if you start putting in the work now, six months from now, you're going to be like, dude, I'm a completely different person. Because I know personally, I've witnessed that countless times at the gym where six months go by, I might not see somebody. I then see them in the gym and they're like a completely different human, just the way they carry themselves and 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 their, their sense of gratification and not to mention the way they look. So yeah, if you got to pick one area, I'd say that's the one that has the biggest bang for the buck. Uh, obviously we're biased because that's what we do for a living, but I still have seen it personally go into all areas of life. No, I agree. And I think that, I think that a big
1: part of it, honestly, objectively. So taking a step back from us being biased, we do fitness, we're in fitness. So it's easy for us to be like, fitness is the thing you should start (laughs) with, but no, objectively though, taking a step back, I think it's the thing that can give you like immediate, the most immediate, at least returns. And I think that that's, the catalyst for wanting to do more and wanting to progress because people don't realize that like if you start working out and as long as you don't do too much too fast too soon like in a week you will feel better in a week you will feel better like literally give me in seven days start walking a little bit more give me three really good imams that week lift some weights like start drinking some more water you do that for seven days and you will feel better after seven days. you did before so i think that's why fitness is such an awesome place to start because like you know finances career family showing up like those things take time and they're also not so much black and white of like input output they're a little bit more gray area so fitness is a great thing to start in catalyst because like man seven days 30 days 60 days you can fucking like change how you look how you feel and then the other things start like really happening a lot easier Versus doing it the other way around.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. I I I completely agree with you. And I think that um, you know, for for anyone who's lacking, you know, a lot of people listen to this podcast, they probably are and you know, self-inspired. And but if you're lacking that inspiration, you feel like you kind of go in ups and downs, like that's normal. Like it's gonna happen. Um, you gotta just reflect on like why are you doing it in the first place and just never get to zero. I think that's a really good way of putting it. You know, in the future, we're gonna continue to put out more newsletters, more podcasts, more programs to help people never get to zero. And the never get to zero mentality is like, you know, I'm at the CrossFit Games broadcasting for ESPN from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, before that, I was in Lake Tahoe. I'm traveling next week somewhere else. Like I travel a lot. I'm doing a lot of different things, but I never allow myself to get to zero ever. Like zero is, 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 is a non-negotiable for me, meaning like you could be super jam-packed. But you might need to, you know, cut the shower by five minutes. You might need to, uh, you know, not uh read all your emails immediately. Get them when you're back on the flight tomorrow. But if you just get in ten minutes, just something, dude, something. You know, you put the towel on the floor in the hotel room. You get after some burpees. Five minutes, even that's not doing zero, right? And it, the problem with with doing nothing, is that it just it just stalls all forward progress. But yes. even if you just do something, I think mentally it tells me. I did something today. I'm going to do something tomorrow. But if you do nothing, it's easy just to just be like, ah, well, I didn't do anything yesterday. I'm not going to do anything tomorrow. But even just like five minutes, dude, like that's that never zero mindset. And I think that for us, we will continue to do a better job providing resources and tools to help dads and people in general never get to zero. Like that's, that's, that's a big goal of ours.
1: Yeah, man. I'm excited that you're getting a lot of replies to the newsletter. Um obviously super excited for the newsletter and that whole project aside, but I was thinking about it and as we go out and send these, like this is what I wish I would have had access to like when I knew I was going to become a dad and when I really wanted to like just figure shit out in a meaningful way. Like me getting what we're sending out every week would have been just just perfect. So, I'm excited, man. And I'm excited that you're getting replies and that it's resonating with people. And if you haven't signed up, you should absolutely sign up. And if you have signed up and you got some of the emails and you're like, this thing is legit, forward the newsletter to as many people as you think would benefit from it um, because there's going to be some really cool giveaways in there. There's going to be some really cool exclusive merch drops. So there's some cool merch coming out that really you're only going to have access to or early access to if you're on that email newsletter. So some exciting things. We're also going to have fun with it. Um, Maybe some opportunities to train with Jason in the future, but only if you're in that newsletter. So a lot of cool things. I won't tease out too much more, but um, yeah, man, I'm fired up that you're getting replies. That's really cool.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, me too. Well, dude, uh, it's always good catching up. I was listening to... um patrick on um on rogan uh we got to get into some of the stuff they talk about man it's it's like the the deep deep state and like all that stuff. oh we're going deep state no i mean dude they they start talking about it man it's like oh okay like all right like you know but one of the things i found to be interesting about this uh podcast and this even this like our podcast is that you know, some people are afraid like modern day media, I think is going to be shifting in the near future. They were saying that this is the last um, political cycle, the last presidential debate or presidential cycle that won't have as much that will still have as much emphasis on like Fox, CNN, like traditional, um, you know, channels. And in the future, they see it being like more, like podcast style content because the the listeners actually get to understand who these people are and it becomes less of like a soundbite thing. And you can't be a, like a shitty politician just trying to get soundbites. You have to be a like, you have to be about it on a, three be hour a podcast with be Joe a, Rogan. You, you got to be, be a human.
1: It. You got to be dude. like a person. You can't be like a robot up there that like, you know, has all these like scripted lines that you say, man, dude, oh, it's, it's crazy. Ne-
0: it's it's coming. It's coming. So yeah, we're going to, we're, yeah, it's, it's, it's coming, man. So do, well, I got, I got hill sprints to do. I know you got stuff to do. Um, but as a, as a final reminder, um, you know, if you're enjoying these podcasts, leave us a rating, leave us a review and make sure to check out the newsletter. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, there's some good giveaways coming up, but I am saying there's some good giveaways coming up. So make sure you guys check that out because we'll be sending out some uh, notifications here pretty soon. Any final remarks here, Mr. Uh, Gabe? No, man, I'm I'm fired
1: up after that conversation. I already worked out today. I might have to go out and do something else.
0: Yeah, dude. And uh, I will, I will keep sharing, um, you know, some of the stuff, the, 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 the the self-defense stuff with the kids, you know, just to kind of close the loop on that, like, I don't know, I don't know, I, how would you as a, as a parent, right? You do everything in your power to set your kids up for success and self-defense is a big part of it. So if you're not an expert in it, I'm not necessarily an expert, but I have a good amount of knowledge. Go seek out other people that are experts because those people will help guide you on the right path to help provide that to your kids. Just like you would find a tutor for school, you'd find a tutor or a coach for their self-defense. So keep getting after it. Let's all just keep raising the bar, thriving, and never be at zero. Have a good day, everybody.